welcome to episode 10 of Movie Mumble, the monthly movie exploration and discussion podcast where we seek to broaden our cinematic horizons and have fun. (laughs) (laughs) I'm your host, Scott Murray. I'm joined today by my delightful friends um, who would surely accompany me on a quest for vengeance. Yes. Joel Lewis. (laughs) Howdy. And Tim Gerard. Hi. And also, if the three of us had to face the scales of the afterlife... I don't know if it matters how heavy that feather would be. Um, <laughs> There'd just be a lot of farting. <laughs> what? Okay. I, what? Land of the Dead. <laughs> oh, okay. For those of you unfamiliar with Movie Mumble, it's a monthly podcast where we get together, watch a film, and talk about it. It's, that's the premise. It's real simple. The goal, it's a loose premise. <laughs> the goal is to introduce ourselves to new films, genres, themes, styles, what have you, and... We each take turns picking a film to watch, whether it's one of our old favorites or something new that we've never seen. And we watch it together and hope that we can find new joys and insights with our friends. Uh, there aren't any rules about what kind of film. It can be foreign or domestic, live action or animated, new or old, famous or obscure, anything, anything at all. If it's a movie, you can choose it. Well, we can choose it. <laughs> uh, if you can somehow climb through your computer to us, please, we'd be delighted. Come choose with us. But we wouldn't be. We'd be. We'd be uh, unsettled. After we've watched each movie, we talk about it and just see wherever the conversation goes. Maybe talking about the film, the film's production, the film's context, Subtitles. or just something completely unrelated <laughs> or lack thereof. Um, so, uh, also, we won't be withholding any spoilers, so if it's a film that you're worried about that sort of thing, please watch the film before listening to our podcast. We might not necessarily spoil the film, depending on the way the conversation goes, but we won't make any effort to withhold that <laughs> if things go that way. So, uh, We'll also, at the end of each podcast, we'll announce what we're watching next month, so you can sort of watch along with us if you'd like. This month, Joel was our movie selector. And Joel Boy, picked, was well, I. <laughs> was I. And Joel picked for us Gods of Egypt. So this is our kickoff to, well, what are we calling it? Our It was an, originally the Guilty Pleasures podcast. And then we I think maybe Shameless cycled. Pleasures. Shameless better, Pleasures. Because there's no guilt here, we is there, Joel? We feel no guilt. Yeah. No. He's our definer for the, for the cycle. <laughs> he feels no guilt. So, so Guilty Pleasures is kind of a misnomer. Yeah. So shameless pleasure is that shameless, you feel that's appropriate? I like that. I like that one. Shameless, shameless pleasure. pleasure cycle. So we're gonna do three films in sequence, all of with that little moniker of shameless. Gods of Egypt. No remorse. No nothing. <laughs> Joel's pick was Gods of Egypt. So uh, normally we would have had Joel explain the film to us, but we're doing the coin flip thing. Woo! Coin flip ceremony. Yes. I like that. The coin ceremony. Flip ceremony. <laughs> so. Uh, Joel's flipping because he was a movie selector. I'm calling because I'm our next up in line. Yep. And, and then uh, whichever way it lands, that person gets to decide whether they or the other person will summarize the film for us. All mm-hmm. right, we have our lucky Morgan Silver dollar, and here we go. Call it in the air. Heads. It is heads. I'm glad about that because I want to describe this one. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry, Tim. That's okay. <laughs> if you were excited. I just want to describe it as a glorious, bombastic, adequate CG visual <laughs> feast of... Adequate. Of, <laughs> what a word! Of, as adequate CGI visual feast of great dumb jokes and one-liners. Just fun. You can tell they had fun filming it. And it's PG-13, so they did... It didn't, it didn't feel like a struggle for them to restrain themselves to that rating low, because it was meant to be that. It's the film you bring your 
tween age kid to. Mm-hmm. I used that word on purpose. Um, God, why? Or, you know why. For that exact feeling. For that reaction. And, um, or, you know, aroundabouts that age. When mm-hmm. they're getting into the action movies. Because it's, it's simple enough for to understand. There's great script for them to enjoy. Um, the action is super cool. And they'll be zipping around your house pretending to be the characters for months afterwards. Mm-hmm. All the blood is actually just gold paint. Because <laughs> the gods bleed gold. So the spackle was just like 80% of their budget. We find that out within like the first 30 seconds of the film. It's like, hey, yep. no blood, but it's gold. Right? So there's plenty of, of fighting, but no like, you know, gore to worry about. And uh, the the sexy scenes are just people in bed in the sort of like... Hayes Code era, you know, mm. they lay down next to each other and you never see anything except the, woman, the woman's collarbones, you know? <laughs> so, like... Everything the room sex sequences are not. Yeah. <laughs> but that, there's... I, I'm so glad we brought this up because there is an absolutely a purpose for these kinds of films. They need to exist. They fill a huge audience niche mm-hmm. that typically makes a lot of money. <laughs> and, I mean, to be fair, this did make a lot of money. It just also had a huge budget, so that didn't help the balance. It grows $10 million. Um, <laughs> so the, the premise is, it, way before ancient times, Egypt is this thriving, beautiful paradise of, uh, of the source of all life. The gods live there amongst the mortals. Set and his brother Osiris rule. Set rules the vast, empty desert of harsh, you know, toughness and... Uh, Osiris rules the paradisical cities of humanity. Osiris is about to pass the crown to his son Horus. Set shows up in the in the uh, the same sequence of plot you've seen lots of times before. He says, "No, I want to be king." Kills his brother Osiris, takes the crown. Uh, in this case, takes Horus's eyes, um, which for Egyptian <laughs> mythology, all the gods have these important bits about them. The eyes of Horus and mm. his great vision were important. They're these glowy gemstone things. Banishes him and then enslaves everybody. And so our plot is about the mortal who stole one of Horus's eyes back, gives him a part of his power, and the journey they undertake to bring down Set and to save the mortals, uh, love beloved from the afterlife. And uh, and then yeah, then just a lot of fun. <laughs> it's just you know, don't question it, just enjoy the ride. I when you get to the giant fire-breathing cobras, if that moment doesn't make you go oh cool, then maybe it's not for you. <laughs> but it will make you say that. It absolutely will. So so there you go. There's our summary. <laughs> that was perfect. So I didn't realize it until you said it. But the reason this appeals to me so deeply is because it's basically Batman Forever. It's the same kind of campy, fun nonsense that I would have liked in that tween age. Mm-hmm. And as a staunch defender of Batman Forever and Godzilla 98, it's the same era of just mindless bullshit that's just fun. And that's what I mean about there's a place for these films. And there's yep. a place for these films for adults, too. When you in just my heart, want that's mm-hmm. the place for When you just films. want that mindless, fun, visual spectacle action-y stuff. But, like... The big audience is that that sort of transitional age period when they've aged out of the the kitty stuff, but they've not yet aged into you know Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> There's that huge middle ground for the PG-13 action movie, what Michael Bay makes, what the Mission Impossible films have become, mm-hmm. and and this, and they run a spectrum. Indiana Jones would fit into there too, um, mm-hmm. although it's there's something about it that keeps it a cut above but but the point being that even without that elevation the films are still still have purpose and they're just a heck of a lot of fun Mm -hmm. 
So the, the story of the film coming into my life. Saw the trailer, said that's something I'm seeing. Saw it in IMAX 3D the first night it was out. And then I bought it on Blu-ray the day it came out. <laughs> I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the fact that this is a movie set in Egypt where all the gods are white except Chadwick Boseman playing an amazing rendition of Toth. And that was a worry I had going into the film because it is not diversely representative at all. But you rapidly discover that this movie has way more problems <laughs> with what it is doing. And it has never been its, its purpose to <laughs> historically uh, accurately portray the myth of... Though it, it does get a lot right, but... What I'm saying is, there's a lot of white people in this for something set in Egypt, and I would be remiss if I did not say that. But you, like I said, you realize pretty rapidly that that is the least of the problems with this movie. Um, it's just fun. It's just mindlessly fun. And it has so much childlike ambition to it. Because there are some really cool sequences and really cool concepts the the I mean stuff that they're lifted straight out of the the mythology like oh, the, yeah. the sky ship dra dragging the uh, sun the second you get up there and you see that, that Jeffrey Rush is playing raw you're like okay here we go and he fucking commits doesn't he yes, like there's he no he's not bullshitting at all <laughs> and then the the like make your own mech from all these pieces of the gods he takes Toth's brain and puts mm -hmm. it in his chest and in Memphis wings the, and uh, the other eye of Horus yeah it, it's, it's just ridiculous the heart of Osiris yeah so I had watched the making of documentary of course I did because I'm a fan of this um, and the original project title was Planet Egypt that was so much better <laughs> right what because totally that would have explained everything that would have explained the flat coin deal going on with Ra's sonship that's that's a little subtitle I include every time I think of it it's like it, it's just Planet Egypt just call Planet it that Egypt. I want that super future. cool can we can we just get like uh, a series of films Treasure Planet is our first one yeah. and then we'll just get Planet Egypt and Planet Mars and Planet like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes and Planet Star Wars and Planet Everything and just, you know, make this whole planet franchise. <laughs> the films themselves won't be related to each other, but we'll just call them part of the same franchise. No, you definitely get some Treasure Planet vibes from this. You also get a hell of a lot of Aladdin. That's what Beck is. He's discount Aladdin. Mm -hmm. Beck was our protagonist. Tim, you haven't said anything. How are you feeling over there? Oh, no, I'm feeling good. <clears throat> um, yeah, I definitely... I don't know, and, it, and it's funny, too, because, like... I feel like a lot of times I hear people using that sort of phrase, it's fun. Like, kind of almost making excuses for it. Like, it's it's stupid, but it's fun. But I, mm. I, I actually feel like it was it's, it was fun, but it was mm -hmm. also more than that. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think of a, a movie I've seen in the past that's been fun, but that's sort of all it has going for it. Like, this did have more going for it. Like, Rampage. I will, I'll say that having seen Rampage, yeah. that was a fun movie. Yeah, but it there was nothing there. Mm -hmm. It's it's for right. quips and it's for gorillas breaking buildings right. like that. Yeah, <clears throat> that would be the most recent one. Yeah, 
Um, I've seen. But yeah, one of my, one of my first reactions, you know, that I that I said out loud is like, you know, it it seemed like it should be a play. Like it was very it was very theatrical. And I also feel like if you had seen something like this, if they had put on a production of this and like made this full spectacle out of like sets and backdrops and costumes and like, oh, we're actually going to have these mechanical wings unfold behind these people. Like this would have probably been the most spectacular play you've ever seen, you know. Um, but the fact that, like, I, I think what, what kind of puts it in this weird range where we kind of feel like we have to make excuses for it is because it's it's a movie, so our standards are just so high for what we can see on the screen, you know? Like, um, and there was a thing, you know, there was some criticism of some of the CGI, and, and yeah, granted, not all of the CGI was as good as we've come to expect, but one of the things I really liked is that it was pretty consistent right. all the way through. That's fair. Mm-hmm. And another thing I noticed is this wasn't one of those films that like blew its load in the first third of the film right. of the budget, and then by the end it was just garbage. Like the climax of the film was was still beautiful and oh amazing and great spectacle. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was almost like like yeah like they they really had to work within these confines. Like it probably should have had double the budget. And would have just been this amazing film, like we, you know, again, it wouldn't have to be. Uh, well, it, it was fun, and you know, like I, I feel like th- there are some excuses we have to make for it. But it's almost like it's not the film's fault. It was like, yes, they were working within these constraints, or constraints, but, but the but the way they did that was was so so well done and consistent. Like you were in the same world the whole time. Like you never left and felt like, oh, here's where they ran out of money. You know, like that type of thing, or or here's where they here's where the director gave up, or here you know like or like when you're watching a TV show, and it seems like it's heading somewhere, and then all of a sudden, oh no, here's where it got canceled, and they had one episode to wrap right. it up. Like Even it was, Gillian. yeah, like <laughs> run it was, out of money. <laughs> like, I made that <laughs> reference. Actually, yes, and I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I just high five because that, that sound was that literally <laughs> happened. They mm-hmm. ran out of money. Yep. Yeah, I feel and like that happens really all the time. doesn't really show until the last few episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But last then, boy, does it show. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and then they got to make their movie, End of Evangelion. But this was already a movie, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so I mean, I... And, and, and you know, I like what you were saying, too, about the whole PG-13 part of it, where, where, yeah, like, I feel like kids who, you know, are younger, who this is sort of probably one of the, the best action movies they can see because they can't see all of these rated R action movies, you know, so they're kind of in this other world. Um, plus, if they're at a point where they're learning about ancient Egypt in school, like, this is going to make this, that stuff so much more interesting, right. you know, and which is the, yeah, like, I always loved Egyptian mythology in school because it was the thing that was, to me, yeah, the most interesting and, and the most sort of magical and seemed otherworldly. Like, even Greek and Roman mythology, maybe because, like, the, the civilizations in Greece and Rome were still kind of, like, they seem so much more rooted in reality for some reason, mm. and then okay, well then here's the here are these gods that they worship. Whereas with Egypt, like, like the whole way of life in Egypt seemed mythological to me. Right. You know, like like I almost feel like you you can't really convince me that ancient Egypt was actually a thing. Like right. Egypt to me seems like Atlantis. You know, right. Just kind of like the, um, the deifying of the river and kind of like living yeah. in that specific place with that. Those structures as as castles rather than right. like just yeah. everything about it is so specific mm-hmm. and grounded in that location. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I liked is like so much of it seemed very dreamlike, um, like just the way you know the way the the actors against the CG 
you know, like the, the, the green screen backdrop and stuff like that. Like you could kind of tell, but it was, again, it was so consistent. It wasn't consistent like you were watching like, like Lord of the Rings where most of it is filmed on location and then occasionally you would have this bad CGI, you know, blue screen backdrop. Like the whole thing was like that. So you were just immersed in this consistent world. Um, I, I also like the, like the whole planet Egypt thing. Why I think that works really well is like the whole the whole flat Earth moment that we get, where yeah. it's like, oh look, yeah, this this isn't Earth. Like this is this is some sort of Egypt where it's actually on a flat Earth and, and this that. And I that I thought was yeah. I think the title I alone would have excused that. Yeah, the ridiculousness of that. Yeah, because it's like I can suspend my disbelief to say the gods are here mm-hmm. and that Ra pulls the sun across the sky in his ship, but then when the Earth is like a coin. Yeah. That yeah. was like, wait, what? Well, <laughs> like, but, no one's walked yeah. to the edge of it yet? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, but that was even the thing, too, is like, you know, like, we, we could say, well, yes, you know, maybe there were these gods here on our Earth. But, but yeah, like, we know that it's not Ra pulling the sun across the sky. We know mm-hmm. that, you know. But, yeah, so, like, those two elements when they went out into space, and which, again, were also beautiful, you know. It wasn't like this, uh, you know, really crappy... Um, it, you know, again, I feel like they put more of their budget into that scene to really make this this celestial part of it like stand out even more so than all the fantastic stuff you had been seeing so far. Um, yeah, it's like I almost want this movie, and I know you know Joel, you probably don't want this movie redone because you love it. No, as I do. Is. But but yeah, like if, if they said <laughs> yeah, like if they said like hey, like let's do this for real, like let's let's make this a real thing. Like yeah, I think it would be amazing. I know? want all the same cast though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Don't right. change a goddamn yeah. thing. But, but the yeah, second man. that fucking what I can't Gerard Butler walks up and he does his Scottish accent mm-hmm. as it yeah, like it creeps through there. Yeah. He's just like he's chewing scenery just like you would want him to. But he doesn't make an attempt at less of an accent. He's like, This yeah. is just the world we're living in right here. <laughs> he walks through the mm-hmm. peasants. Well, and, and it's funny, too, part of with, with, when you were mentioned about, like, how many white people were in this, it kind of reminded me, I've, I've had a similar discussion with people about uh, musicals and, like, the style of music that people choose when they're writing a musical. Mm-hmm. And, you know, probably the most similar example would be um, Verdi's Aida, which is uh-huh. also set in Egypt. But all of the singing is done in Italian because Verdi was Italian. Right. You know, and um, so it's, you know, it's and, and I'm sure when, when that was put on, you know, it wasn't like they went and found a bunch of Egyptian opera actors and singers to perform this. They mm-hmm. used Italians, probably. And then, if it's done in Germany, you know, they're probably done with Germans. You know, um, so it was kind of neat. Like, I know, I know that it's important to have you know representation, cultural representation, diversity. Um, but I think you know, like a lot of times, like it's it's kind of like, especially when you're doing something mythological like this. You know, it's like, well these these aren't real characters like yeah especially again planet egypt this isn't our egypt right. this is you know these are all sort of made up beings and um so i think it kind of like having <laughs> having that like mismatch of accents yeah like i think kind of works well and 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 to me what i like about that is like you have this almost this sense of like here's this one character who's representing an entire culture you know like like you've got okay this scottish actor in this you know like uh, you know, um, like I don't. Uh, Jeffrey Rush is American, I think, right? I feel like I can't remember if I've ag- heard him talk. I thought like, he's British. He is British. Okay, so yeah, so having some like British actors, and then you have Chad- Chadwick Boseman. So it's like there's there's this 
you know, slight like European representation of diversity, but he's Australian. Um, oh, okay. okay, that I makes will sense. Also, admit yeah. to having thought he was from the United Kingdom, like Joel did. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes three of us wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> three out of three movie mumblers <laughs> don't know the difference between an Aussie accent and a British accent. <laughs> um, but but anyway, you know, and, and so I think you know it's uh, it's important to have diversity, but I think when you're doing and I don't know maybe this is making excuses and if that's the case I apologize but yeah if you're doing something sort of mythological where it's you know it's not it's not real you know I think it's it's different when you do <laughs> you know like in short circuit where you've you know yeah, got a white actor in brown face playing an Indian guy like that I think that's a little bit different like um, but uh, but I don't know I think it, it it's it's a cool thing to think of because I don't know, and maybe this is sort of my white privilege showing, but it didn't take me out of it the fact that there were like a lot of white people, and again maybe like I said because I I I I don't really believe that Egypt that whole society existed or what it was you know like because you know I feel like maybe yeah like maybe there were actually gods there maybe you know it's like it's so shrouded in this really cool sort of mystery, you know, and I, and I almost don't want to ruin that. I know like a bunch of people might be listening going, well, science, you idiot, you know, <laughs> this is, you know, but like, I don't know, there's a part of me that's, that that's part of my, my childhood, I guess. And, you know, again, that like 13 year old who right. kind of comes out when you're watching this film, that's just like, yeah, it's Egypt and there were gods and, and, and magic and, you know, or maybe aliens, who knows, yeah, you know, like, you know, be a reason for them. It's yeah. Just let's do this because it's cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There doesn't need to be a, a sort of Star Trekian explanation about right. why they yeah. can go these great speeds, right. or, a, yeah. or, a or why their blood is gold, or what have you. It's just and gods bleed gold, yeah. and the right. snakes spit fire. It's just ah! yeah. yeah, it's just that's that's the thing, you know. You know? Like it's, 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 like, I it's think, more forty k than Star Trek. Yeah, right. And I feel like we we <laughs> all kind of come up with this is exoticism about it, right? This mm-hmm. fetishization of that right. like other. And that's, I mean, that's not healthy or, like, positive. But, like, the way we're thinking about it is not negatively, right? Like, it's not a negative predisposition to things from Egypt. Like, obviously, Assassin's Creed Origins just came out and sold a huge amount. Because hmm. it's set in Egypt, and they did it really cool. And it's all about the history of that and touring the Nile and that whole thing. And hmm. it's... it's I, it, It's hard... Just, there's always going to be... Stuff that treats things realistically and seriously, and stuff that just takes whatever it wants from every source it wants and says, "Let's do cool shit." Right? Yeah, and you know, and like I said, I th- I think this very quickly establishes that it's not real Egypt, and that's not the point. Like, in no way is this trying to say the gods in Egypt were white. <laughs> Which like, it, right. but just in, in terms of your, this is not Egypt. That's a, I just I wish it had kept Planet Egypt. I do too. Yeah. It would have been perfect. I wouldn't be because it like, would have been have... a little more fantasy, a little little yeah. more separated. You know, I think it would have done better under that title. Mm-hmm. Honestly, maybe, maybe it would have. Because that's what you show in the trailer is the disc, <laughs> the 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 world as coin. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but that was such a cool reveal. I it wouldn't have wanted to have was. that spoiled yeah. in the no, in the trailer. Sure. And that was just really good CGI like that was really well rendered and really mm-hmm. cool and it made it look like like it could be real but also ridiculous at the same time yeah <laughs> you know like 
<laughs> See, now I want like a, a 19, like late 90s Joel Schumacher version of this movie. <laughs> like just double down on it. Can we talk about Chadwick Boseman's character here? Oh God, he was great. What an accent. Like what a choice. <laughs> like it, it was like British Urkel. <laughs> like <laughs> just this weird idiosyncratic Kinda delivery was, yeah. of lines like it reminded me of some I can't place who it is I'm hoping I'll, I'll think of it but just like the way like the the oh god I wonder if the director was just giving him like line readings about I, it was just it was kind of robotic but not like he would put the wrong wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable, like that that type thing, like emphasis on the wrong syllable. For those of you who can't understand my <laughs> English, but like you're speaking English. <laughs> I thought you were speaking Joel. Well, it, well I mean, what are the we, things we pay you for? <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the things I took from it is just like the the boredom and arrogance of someone who's sort of seen. You know, well, not everything, because like you said, it was only forty-seven percent of, of all, all knowledge. knowledge that he had collected so far. <laughs> but like you know, that how sort does of you know how much all knowledge there <laughs> is. <laughs> but like, you know, it was it was definitely that kind of just like that impatience, that kind of brushing off of just like like I I have to do this, you know, and that kind of snobbery of just like you know being in this. This, this higher class than the rest of the gods almost like you know like yeah like you're the you're the kind of warriors I'm the librarian that type of you know you're uh, the, the, the dumb grunt and I'm yeah, the intelligence yeah I'm the one who's keeping all this knowledge and all the tales that you know that you know that, that you know you're a part of a tale but I'm the keeper of all the tales you mm-hmm. know every time I watch this I forget about the sphinx like I remember the fire breathing cobras I remember the end sequence but I always forget about the sphinx and I really like the way that thing is designed mm-hmm. and I like the fact that Toth gets it wrong twice mm-hmm. that's the thing is like he's too smart because there, he has all these other answers that are yeah. like well all of these things yeah. yeah like I liked his line that was a perfectly reasonable answer yeah. like it wasn't wrong like it fits no. all the criteria why isn't that your answer right. you know and because it's not your answer yeah I was glad that he got it in the end too. Yeah, right. You know, to validate him is like, yes, he's smart. Right. At least, at least, to, to at least, yeah, so that at least we have a god of wisdom who can do his job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the fact that the gods are like a third bigger than the mm-hmm. mortals. <laughs> Like it, it was that like watching so uncomfortable to look at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But and, only, but... <laughs> and only because during the conversations they sort of forgot to do it. Right. Because we'd cut from full frame of one actor to full frame yeah. of a god. So we'd go back and forth. And they'd think, oh, there's no need to maintain normal, perspective. Normal, normal. But instead, from the audience perspective, we're just looking at this guy yeah. face on. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it would show the two of them next to each other, and it's like, oh, 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 he oh. looks like a baby. It's not like <laughs> in Lord of the Rings, where when we're we're viewing the hobbits, we're viewing them from above. Right. The camera's above them right. because they're short. Mm-hmm. So even if it's just hobbits in a frame, we still know they're short. You yeah. know? So when you see them next to Aragorn, it's not a shock. It's mm-hmm. just, oh, yeah. That makes you know. sense. 
They didn't do that here. See, with it, it was it was reminding me of like playing with GI Joe, Batman, and then a Star Wars figure. Yeah, like just me playing. <laughs> that, that's what this felt like. Is like this is a kid playing with Egyptian god toys. Yeah, that that one scene where 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 Horus is carrying uh, what's his face uh, Beck. Beck. It reminded me like when my sisters used to take their Barbie dolls. And they would use my G.I. Joes as, like, babies. And they would be holding the little G.I. <laughs> Joe across their arms. <laughs> it's just, it's it's playful. And it does, it, it has a lot of, like, the theme of, like, God versus mortal is a good storyline one. It doesn't mm-hmm. fully realize. The th- <laughs> one of the most frustrating things is, like, Beck keeps saying this thing about, like, throwing the bones, like, rolling the dice. He says it twice. But he s- delivers it like it. He's supposed to have like this gambling background or something. Like he delivers it like I thought of it more like soothsaying, like or gambling. But because the, the phrase is with his lover Zaya, what does it say? It says something like "You'll pray and I'll throw the bones." Right. The idea that he, she's always there to back him up and to support him while he does this foolish stuff. Right. And so he's sort of stealing himself for what he's about to do. Reminding himself that it's just it's just one just one more just See, one more risk right. one more throw mm-hmm. she's gonna be there for me yeah but that's the thing like I think like it wasn't well enough established for us <laughs> to it's hear not that established at all right until the, she's dead exactly <laughs> and then when he says it again it's just like oh I kind of remember him saying that before but right. like there's no like it's not firmly defined in that way you know like yeah. Like they do make mention of how like you know she worships Horus and he's kind of like oh, I don't I don't see what the big deal is, but yeah for some reason that's not solidified right. enough so that you're like oh yeah she's about sort of prayer and you know and this help from gods and he's about chance and just taking risks and kind of leaving it up to himself and luck you know right. and you know that's that's sort of his god is the god of chance or whatever you know and so so yeah so and like and the fact that yeah when it comes back it's like so much later. Right. And it's referencing a not significant piece. Yeah, you kind of almost have to be like, okay, there's importance here. Let me let me piece together the importance of this line. Yeah, and the other but, thing is like I'm not sure I would want them to add a, wanted them to add a scene to establish that cuz this is a brisk mm-hmm. flick. Like right. it it's not, not drag. What they needed was they needed him and her to say that when they're talking in the architect's room. And she's convincing him to go steal Horace's eye out of the vault. Mm-hmm. That's what they need to Give do. It just they do more. their back and forth. We get one more line mm-hmm. where he's, you know, staring deeply in her eye or something, and he just says he sort of resigns, like as he gives, like, "All right, you pray," and again she says, "And you throw the bones," or even right. he says the whole line, even done. Yeah. Two seconds done. <laughs> line nice. established. Rule of three. It would have yeah. hit so much yeah. harder. Right. <laughs> that was a great like. Uh, the the treasure grabbing scene was really cool <laughs> like the trap room mm-hmm. with the bridges it was cool that's 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 basically my opinion of the movie mm-hmm. it's just like there's a lot of cool things in it mm-hmm. just really cool visual ideas well actually i think th- another thing sort of occurred to me too with that line is that like eventually he does sort of come around to not necessarily worship Horus, but to be like, oh, okay, like I you can know, they, use this. yeah, they kind of end up with this relationship as opposed to him being someone who's like, yeah, no, I, I still don't believe in the gods or worship the gods or whatever, you know. Maybe again, maybe he doesn't necessarily worship them, but like they they develop a relationship and he kind of comes around to see, oh yeah, like he's not that bad of a guy, you know, and um, 
and I mean, granted, in that situation, I guess it was the luck that got him through it, where he's like, oh, this door, and just kind of jumped jump through it. Um, which was kind of like, I don't know, that, that was one thing that kind of, I guess, yeah, maybe on, on, on thinking about it again, it sits better with me, because the first time it didn't, because it was like, I kind of liked the idea of figuring out the puzzles, you know, but it was more like, you know, if you're playing a video game, like, okay, if I do this, it's going to hurt me. If I do this, it's going to hurt me. What's the thing that's not going to hurt me? Fuck it. I'll just do this thing, which is going to hurt me, but I'm going to get to the other side. You know, it was right. kind of like it, it, it disregarded this whole, like, puddle, puzzle of, okay, where, which one is the right door we're supposed to go through? Um, yeah, you used the, the, the video game analog when we were watching. It, it's mm-hmm. very video game-like. Yeah, like, yeah. solve this puzzle. Here's right. this thing you have to do, like, you know. And, and I mean, you know, I guess that's the part of it is kind of showing that his strength was, you know, leaving it to chance and it did work out for him right. in that sense. And especially because he hadn't sort of memorized which one was the right door, right. you know. And He saw that map once for a brief moment. Yeah. In a clearly expositional scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, hey, what's this? It's the shifting pyramid of sand. I almost want to go back and look at that and see if there's like... If you could look at it and go, oh look, like they've actually marked on the map. On the map, <laughs> this is the one that's the door, or something like that. Or if it's just like, no, that's not important. We don't need to do that. So, I really like too how they they took such care in sort of recreating so many things in this world. In well, some of them in actual three dimensions, some of them in quote unquote three dimensions, like stuff they had lifted off these two-dimensional Egyptian paintings. Yeah. You know, like like the wings or the the, the, the weapon that um, that Set uses at the beginning that I said looked like a vacuum cleaner. Yeah. Like when they show, like they show at some point this picture where it has like the staff and where it's got the stick and then that kind of like short diagonal thing. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, that's the thing that he used. That was his weapon. So mm-hmm. like kind of, oh, here's this staff that's shaped like this. Let's turn that into something that they yeah, actually the whole, use. The whole, you know, like, like Props, costuming, set departments yeah. must have had so much fun. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Just designing all that stuff. The winds of Memphis. Yeah. When they, mm-hmm. they're flappy, feathery wind, and then they turn into those metal hunks, right. you know, yeah. after they're ripped off. It just... The which, way that hits the floor and slides is one of, like, yeah. really satisfying to yeah. watch. And then Horace's whole get-up is just, like, bird Iron Man clad in gold. So cool. That, man sold me <laughs> I want yeah. a t-shirt of it <laughs> and they make them <laughs> I will have one soon mm-hmm. yeah I don't know yeah hey, I was sorry please no just yeah just I was very very pleased with this this was not something that you had to convince us to be like no guys I swear this is good like <laughs> like he was like yeah yeah no yeah. it's I, please it, no it's funny I, I actually showed this to uh, my cousin's and I was laughing through the whole thing, just like, mm-hmm. here comes the worst CGI you've ever seen. Like, can you believe that he's doing this accent? And I, the my cousins were like that tweenish age, mm-hmm. and they were kind of like, this is dumb. How can you like something so uh, bad? So they were already too cool for it. So I, yeah. I don't know if that's just me. Like my corniness is like of the era of that I don't know but it, it, I still enjoyed the hell out of it and they enjoyed it like me being so excited watching it right that was the thing but it was just I wonder if that's why it didn't do well it's like maybe kids don't gravitate to that anymore mm-hmm. like I sure as hell do obviously but like is that 
is the kid that watches YouTube rather than cartoons, mm. like, susceptible yeah, to this kind of stuff? Changed. Is like, are they going to sit in front of a movie? Because it's not, or? it's not, this is not the era in which Batman Forever came out. Not at all. It is yeah. a long time later. Yeah. And this is not the era where people look to that film fondly, <laughs> like, mm. I mean, if you start watching Batman probably with Dark Knight and you're like why would I watch any other Batman <laughs> right now like <laughs> oh, let's watch the Dark Knight <laughs> Dark, yeah um, the other the other vibe I get from this really hard is that it was Stargate but they yes. doubled fucking down yes, they yeah. were like okay we're gonna take Stargate just, everything and just... just clicked for me that was the piece <laughs> I was missing oh my gosh and I'm referring to the film like that no, that was a big was, part yeah, of my childhood SG-1, too all right. I didn't watch I haven't watched that you. I probably should. I probably would love that. Oh, that was a fun film. It's yeah. a great film. I loved it a lot. Stargate, that is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was going to say before, I, they joke about point about Beck being the god of luck. Yeah. But like, like that could have been. They could have done that. I would have right. been so convinced that he was the god of luck. And because of all that luck and all that power, he was always sort of dismissive of other gods and like would rather have been immortal and this right. whole not control your fate that the other guys get into and like oh she's been with a god the whole time sort of just I would have been totally down with that I could see that sort of like my R2 with a Jedi droid theory but um <laughs> no it's RDF the, the other one the red one that blows its motivator is, is force sensitive old canon sorry deviation <laughs> but um EU's still alive. R2 deviation like they would have they could have done that whole <laughs> it, Say it again louder, because I <clears throat> what I said was R two deviation. There it is. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh. They could have done him being a god or not a god or a fog or any combination of those outcomes. Mm-hmm. I would have been just as happy with this movie yeah. as I was with him being a human. Mm-hmm. Which just sort of is it a good a further testament to just how just just dumb cool this was. Yeah. Just just enjoy the ride. Mm-hmm. Just go. And that's the thing, like, it, it starts kind of rough because you're like, hey, these aren't the best actors and the, the lines are kind of stilted and the CGI is kind of unsettling. And then it just kind of, like, keeps rolling along and it gets better and better and better and, like, you get used to it and then it's like, okay, I'm I'm in it. it it's It's got a great progression that way. If you if you stick with it long enough, mm-hmm. you, you, you get the, the prize it's another great example of one of my like you know maybe I should figure out a phrase for this but like a Wizard of Oz film not like the movie The Wizard of Oz but like The Wizard that as long as you don't look behind the curtain right you'll be happy (laughs) and not you know a lot of people would take the lesson from that and maybe I shouldn't use that phrase that enough you know oh well why would we you know willingly be stupid you know we'd rather make the choice for knowledge a lot of us than Mm -hmm. for happiness but in this case, it's not. There's no great, you know. You know, you're watching life a movie. Expanding, <laughs> yes, no great life expanding consequence of, of good or evil or happiness or intelligence or. Uh, it's just like, are you going to sit here and enjoy this, mm-hmm. or are you going to choose not to? See, that's the thing. You, the power's <laughs> in your hands. Mm-hmm. You know, are you going to go to Disneyland, see the dude in the Mickey costume, and go? There's a guy in a suit. Yeah. This is stupid. Or mm-hmm. are you going to go? Look at that. Look at the children whose smiles have never been bigger and say, mm-hmm. I saw Mickey Mouse today. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to say, I saw Mickey Mouse today. That's the, you know? like, you sit down to this film. It's called Gods of Egypt. Like, what, what are you expecting? I was expecting the sequel to Stargate. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, voila. Yeah. And you know, I'm not. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the consequences aren't big. If I go home and say I saw Mickey today, I'm not going to also wake up tomorrow and go, oh, I can fly and jump yeah. off my balcony. You know, or I start know. worshiping Mickey as a right. god. And ditto here. If you don't, man, this was fun. Aren't we all though? Disney owns everything. <laughs> I still. I, it just feels weird to me when I look at Star Wars comics and see that little red box in the corner that says Marvel. <laughs> that just I not because of anything about Marvel bad about Marvel, but just because I'm so used to the dark horse. Yeah. That that just came part and parcel with the, my mental image of Star Wars comics. Well, I mean, they and, started and that it the with red Marvel. is so vivid, like it stands out against the cover. It's such a change that it catches my eye every time I see one, and I go, Oh, oh yeah, like it just reminds me of the change. Mm-hmm. You know? See, every time I think that, I'm like, no, they started with Marvel, so I'm fine. <laughs> Dark Horse was like the, the rebellious the, teenage... The rebellious! How can it? you not love yeah. them? <laughs> I uh-huh, impaled upon your own sword. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, impaled yeah, upon your own rape your wit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> God, how many entendres were there? <laughs> so many entendres. New catchphrase for... The, Catchphrase? Jesus Christ. <laughs> New catchphrase for the podcast? So many entendres. <laughs> oh, Speaking of entendres, uh, how many times this film, Tim, did you say? Oh. Vagina <laughs> metaphor. Vagina <laughs> metaphor. Uh, we talked about the PG-13 and the sexual content, and so there's definitely a scene where the two characters sort of come together, and then the next shot is these guards parting a curtain in the center of the screen <laughs> as you enter their bedroom. And Tim said, vagina metaphor <laughs> and then he said it again later it was what two or three of those well there right? was there was the second one that I didn't mention uh, which one was that one um, oh it was when they're walking like in the swamp and he reaches down and pulls up this room and goes oh here it is and then this cave door opens <laughs> <laughs> and, then, oh and I didn't say it's it like then. a green leafy door like <laughs> it's roughly the shape you know <laughs> And then the third one was the giant worm was, in space. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the n- night monster that eats. Yeah, it's gonna eat the Nile. And then we yeah. got a penis metaphor with the just giant fucking obelisk. Yeah, and it explodes with fire. <laughs> yeah, there's I just fire shooting out of it. I love that little joke that Gerard Butler makes. It's like, could you make it any taller? <laughs> well, we, it's, uh, and his uh, poor uh, architect uh, is all like thinks he's about to be executed or like yeah, have to restart the whole job. It's like, it would have like, been nice to know that it, in advance. It would be, yeah, it would be nice to know early Sarah. I'm joking. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's glorious. <laughs> so and he goes up to his dad. He's like, "Hey, Dad, you see, you see the tower I built yeah. for you. See look look yeah. at the tower." And Ross Ra- Ra says to him, "Was any taller? Yeah, be in my way." <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing that everyone in that film can just joke about: the big obelisk. Yeah. <laughs> Je- Jeffrey Rush just fucking committed. I I love him in that role. <laughs> Usually when a bird lands on my shit, it, on it my shits shit. and I kill it. <laughs> so good, just so so much gravitas, but also like fun. Like he's right. having fun with it. Those lines. There's that whole bit with Toth. I think it's a several of those lines about just the whole. I tried to explain it to you your brain would liquefy right out your ears I outnumber you because he's got yeah. all these clones of himself he's yeah. got so many of those lines that could have been if they wanted to be the punctuating line at the end of a heavy scene yeah. but instead are just said with a smirk and a wink and everyone you can tell the other actors are just like 
Oh, they're all <laughs> smiling. They're like, this is so much fun. The other one was like, that was your plan to play with my ego? And it shows all of the copies of himself. Yeah, how just vain like, do you think it, I am? Yeah. just let it breathe. Oh, it's so good. It goes, mm. oh, yeah. <laughs> God, the next character we see Chadwick play is fucking Black Panther. <laughs> no, no, it is Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the deal. It's like, okay, I'm going to play Black Panther, but you also have to do this little project. <laughs> this little $150 million project. Yeah, which made made $160 million then, yeah. ticket sales. <laughs> so it made a profit. Yeah, and that's what I mean about, it made $160 million in ticket sales. Right. Like, that's not, a, not, not nothing to sneeze at. I think I saw it twice in theaters, to be honest. There's nothing like close to my five of Star Wars the last couple of times. But but God's video didn't have the benefit of a lengthy legacy. No, that's true. So. It kind of went, came and went real quick. Oh, God, this is one that I want, like, Alamo Draft House to, to do again. Am I? You never know. Totally buy a ticket to it again. I want the Criterion Collection version. <laughs> <laughs> there will never be one. I've said that if I ever meet Gerard Butler, this is the thing I want him to sign. <laughs> yeah. People will be just just lining up with posters and three hundred and, and and you know discs and pictures and every from all of his other films. They'll be dressed up, you know, as all as three hundred Dracula. And, um, he was the Phantom in the Phantom of the Opera, even. That's the film right. They made. Yeah. And let me, I'm just going to go to IMDb here. I mean, because really, there's a lot of the stuff many credits. we've got here. Yeah, I loved him in Dracula 2000. <laughs> sure. Is that the and one where the game was on at the end? Was it? Wait. I don't think so. I'm stealing that from Weekly Planet. It's oh. one of my favorite segments from that is at the end of a movie. But it's like, even, shamelessly even then setting up a new franchise the oh. game is so on even within his his cinema his, bleh, his catalog here Tomorrow Never Dies so oh wow he wasn't in that in a major role no he um, was like a, a thug right you know he was a seaman on the Devonshire but um there are it's other semen. cheesy movies for him to be like Tomb Raider right right Dracula 2000 you know um Rock and Rolla uh, just Gamer I totally forgot about Gamer. Oh my gosh! Oh, yeah. Everyone forgets about Gamer. He did voices in How to Train Your Dragon. What's the the one that he was in with? Uh, um, what's her face? He did like a romantic comedy um, oh. with Catherine Heigl. Oh, I think it was. is it P.S. I Love You? No, maybe that. He's too, in that. Not the one I'm thinking of. Uh, the yeah, one that makes me cry. Yeah. Oh, the Ugly Truth. Ugly Truth. That was amazing. Uh, he was in Olympus Has Fallen and London Has Fallen. Right. But, but like, even out of those, Gods of Egypt is. You know, there'll be people lined up with his serious movies and people lined up with his cheesy movies. And, and then, then there'll be you. Yep. <laughs> and then there'll be you. And he's like, Gods of Egypt. Was, was I in that one? We'll I see, guess I'm on the cover. Either, either it'll be... I will be like that. Like, oh, oh, God, you... you were, can we just erase this? Can we back time up and get him out of here? Or it'll be... Oh, you remembered it, you know? Apparently, like, from the, the, the making of, he, he was the most excited about everything. <laughs> he was yeah. just like... He seems like that type of guy, Right, like, you know? he's just like, I'm, just I'm happy to be doing this, I'm playing dress-up, let's do it. Yeah. He'll be so glad that someone remembered it, you know? Right. That'll be where he'll be like, you wanted a signature? Yeah. Here, come, take a picture. I'm signing the picture. Get <laughs> yeah. the camera. Uh, oh, man. I'm so glad you guys liked this one. Yeah, it was fun. And that, I... 
this is another great great movie mumble moment of just I, I had so much more fun with you guys mm-hmm. yeah that's the that's the thing that's so fun about this movie is that you showing other people because yeah. they're like why the hell do you like this movie how could you like this movie from all the things that they've heard review wise and it kind of was up and then nobody saw it and then it disappeared like and then I, I come and say this is top 10 favorite movies of all time for me <laughs> No, really, it's it's just it, there are times when you get some friends together, you know, and you get everyone, guys, come watch this movie and we watch Blahane. I have a serious talk afterwards about social issues. But mm-hmm. another time, dude, guys, come on over, let's get some beers and pizza, let's watch a movie, and you watch this. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone goes home, smiles on their face. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's more what, yeah, what this cycle is about than the whole, like, yeah, like, why, <laughs> and why it's not a guilty pleasure, it's, it's that shameless. shameless. It's just like, like, yes, we're oh, going to have fun, yes. you know, and. I'm so excited for my food, my film next month. Oh man, uh, we'll get to that. Don't worry. <laughs> and you know what's, what's interesting too is this, this this movie kind of it, it sort of filled a hole that I didn't know that I had. You know, so many entendres. <laughs> so I looked at each other. Infinite entendres. <laughs> That's what you're the god of. Too. Uh, yes. Entendres. <laughs> That's your oh god gosh. name is Entendros. Entendros. <laughs> 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 sounds, that sounds wonderful, Joel. Well done. Entendros, oh. the god of Entendros. <laughs> uh, he hangs out with. Uh, oh my gosh! With um, I'm gonna I'm gonna think of it. I'm definitely gonna think of a name for this. Here's where Joel cuts like 20 seconds of me just right. going, uh. Oh, we're not cutting a bit of this out. Uh, <laughs> just gonna be silent. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this so is what the writing process is like. This is like listening to grass grow. <laughs> uh, a face for radio and a voice for silent film. <laughs> I could have had poison mushrooms this high by now. Mushrooms? They're mushrooms. They don't grow that high. Where's that from? It's the from office. the office. Yes, thank you. It's something you've probably heard wafting from Yes, bitch. okay. Uh, punter. Instead of Gunter or Hunter. Punter. He makes puns. That's the <laughs> other god okay. who hangs out with Entendros. I just needed an un name what, what to a, make What pun. a great uh, payoff <laughs> that was. That was like yes. every pun ever. That's the point that it's no payoff. Um, if a pun doesn't make you simultaneously want to giggle like an idiot and punch them in the face, it hasn't done its job. Yeah, I feel like every pun I hear, I react to, oh. <laughs> every so often you'll get a, a giggle and then an oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, I could have just said punny, the pun god, but that night. No, you're fine. And then who we, we need a third? The trio of gods that make everyone groan when they walk into a room. Either groan or smile Metaphoria. when they walk into a room. Metaphoria. <laughs> Punter. That would be Joel 2 Scott 0. Punter, Metaphoria, and Entendres. That's the whole point of Punter's name, though. He wants you to groan. Oh, there's no effort in that. I know. He just smiles. That one was kind of right over the plate, wasn't it, Punter? <laughs> yeah, it was. He takes another drink. just goes, hey, guess who's here? And you hear the whole room go, ah! Like... So I'm talking to, to the big god one day. I get you more worship than anyone else. Cut away to him walking into a room. Hey, everybody. And everyone goes, oh, god. <laughs> <laughs> and the god just goes, it doesn't count. You know it. <laughs> uh, oh, man. I hope it's the one I said earlier before we got started. Have you ever eaten a clock? 
<laughs> and I said it with all the seriousness and gravity of a of a riddle or a bit of wisdom, you know, like some follow up about your your effort and where you direct your time or what have you. And and one of you even said, "What is that from?" <laughs> and then I just went. It's very time consuming. <laughs> I, could, I could hear the brain cells dying. No, it's so oh, that's my that's what I'd be the god of. <laughs> Dead brain cells. <laughs> have to have a lot of alcohol on hand. But hey, that's no no complaint. <laughs> that's no the problem. only reason people stick around. You know? <laughs> it's like, well, you have to let him tell you some puns. But he'll give you drinks. Like, ah, that's worth it, alright. I'll need the drink after I'm done with him. It's sometimes how I like I, I almost I sometimes feel like I'm in danger of slipping into this sort of disassociative state where I start kind of viewing the world on this mythological level kind of like in, in a sucker punch you know how like they kind mm. of there's this real thing happening but they create this kind of fantasy world above it mm. to kind of get these things done and I almost, almost feel like that's sort of you know where sometimes my life is headed where it's just like oh you know and i'm gonna create this sort of world where like yeah like me and all my friends are, are gods and we're gods of different things you know like i'm a the god of music and mail i guess <laughs> you know and it's like <laughs> you know and it's like this is what we do and, and this is our sort of yeah yeah <laughs> this is like you know this is kind of what you do like you have this purpose and you know and, and i almost wonder you know and it's like i, I like thinking about the different aspects of of mythology you know and i wonder if one of them by giving every god a purpose if part of that is a way to keep people in line like whatever it is you're doing like there's a god whose job it is to do this stupid fucking thing every day and that god does it and that's a god you're a human shut up and do your thing you know <laughs> right that's you know you're not, you're not here to make dumb jokes right yeah. waste people's time you're not here to dream about being famous for doing something just shut up and deliver the mail like you're the god of mail that's all you do <laughs> We have gods of film scoring. They're doing film scoring. You're the god of delivering mail. Yeah, you could be, be Mercury, you know? Right. Yeah. It's an interesting... I never thought of the, the subjugation of the masses through religion in that sense. Of, in that sense, yeah. Right? Like, no, like, it's... It, I've always thought of it like that, mm. but not, like... Every so, god has a purpose. He's fulfilling the universe's quota of dumb shit. Yeah, yeah. that's that's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, even like look at you know, in, like in the film, like Ra. That's a good example where he's just on this fucking ship and he just waits Shooting there. Sun lasers at yeah. the giant space. You know, worm. he's just gonna fucking wait there for like twelve hours. <laughs> okay, or like I don't know. I guess it would. I mean, I don't know how long the battle actually <laughs> takes. Maybe it's all you know. But like waiting twenty four hours. Okay, I gotta blast this fucking monster. Okay, cool. Now I just gotta sit here and wait another twenty four hours till we go through this cycle again and just do that every other every day for all eternity. Like, you know, like he he doesn't seem to enjoy that, you know. Yeah. And, but he just does it because if not, you know, it's the end of the world and he does it because he has to. And it's it's also kind of sad in a way because like you know, and I guess you could kind of look at superheroes in this way too, where it's like you look up to them because they have these really cool powers that they can do but they also have this responsibility they have to do because of it and it's like the spider-man you know, yeah exactly you know it's like great power right great responsibility. <laughs> but but also He's like wearing a spider-man t-shirt as you <laughs> should say i actually have that issue yeah me too after years i finally found the the, the silver webbing cover. did i i showed you i got that one. Oh yeah yeah 
Was oh was that oh like probably when you like recently when you were yeah just maybe, recently, yeah welcome it. to Comic Con short for Comic Conversation our comics podcast <laughs> having to qualify it really sells it right there that was that was the thing that I liked the most about that was <laughs> that was little... a joke <laughs> <laughs> Comic Con brackets short for Conversation and brackets because <laughs> the podcast would be named Comic I Conversation like... <laughs> no, if only that worked then I... we just call it Comic Con you're all just the time. doing it again I'm so happy <laughs> if only that worked if that technique worked for sex that was an <laughs> orgasm you had <laughs> I'm a god. I know my domain. Yeah, because you'd, you'd, you'd you're the have, god of orgasms. It's it a start hard with, job, but somebody's got to do it. It would start with a podcast just honestly mm. called Comic Conversation, mm-hmm. and then as they went, they start like chuckling and going Comic Conversation, hey guys, and then eventually went at at episode fifteen, just be hey, thanks for coming back to Comic Con. <laughs> I like this hy- hypothetical co- podcast you've designed. Yeah. Let's do it. That's my. Let's that's, do that's it. That's our idea. We're Let's take ownership. We're of done it. with this. Let's. We're, we're now. Uh, thank you. Now we're doing two more. Welcome to. <laughs> but really, let's get some other NTGers together to make Comic Con. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. What were we? Ta- we were talking about the subjugation Who of the masses via religion. <laughs> It was a very intelligent conversation. Have anything else to add, Uncle Carl? <laughs> <laughs> that was a Marx reference, you know. No, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tim reacted, but you didn't. I didn't. No, I was calling you, Uncle Carl. So, I see. Okay, you know, I'm okay with that. If I'd called him that and he'd reacted, I wouldn't care what you did. <laughs> Instead, it was the other way around. I was like, but the guy I said it to didn't react. And of course, as a, a jealous and needy god, I must have a reaction from from my subjects every time. The dumber the thing I say, the more you have to react for me to be happy. Or else I'll smite you with more dumb things. If you worship me, I'll also reward you with more dumb things. So it's win-win for me. And lose-lose for us. Uh, I love you guys. I <laughs> love you too. You sure are, Meg. That one went over my head. Yeah, that, that was, was a family, was a family guy, guy reference. That's yeah. weird, but I, I like, love like, you, Jared. Exactly? Peter and Meg had this really touching moment for mm-hmm. once in the whole series, and Meg goes, I love you, Dad, and he goes, you sure are, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> you know how, remember that one uh, episode where they're like at the end is like did you learn anything not really oh we should just do like the cadences what year is it forever family guy I actually okay I want to come back to that like and not to try to chip away your <laughs> your your sort of comparison, but for me, I, I do not sort of view this and Batman Forever in in the same category. Oh, no. This was way better than Batman Forever. <laughs> like, and, I think and, we you know, just and, have a fundamental difference. Yeah, in opinion. And, no, wait, and so again, we, Forever is with Two Face and the Riddler. Correct. Right. Batman and Robin. The third is, one in the yeah. yeah. Batman and Robin is Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy. Right. Yeah. For those I, I used to mix those up all the time. Yeah. So for any listeners who may also have that problem and didn't already Google it. Yeah. Yes. Um I mean and the maybe pun, the pun god loves Batman and Robin. 
because of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> the Ice Age. It's oh. all one-liners. It was funny. My sister texted me as she was watching. She's like, oh, my God, this whole thing is one-liners. She just kept rattling them off, and we both did it back and forth and back and forth. We don't even watch one movie. <laughs> Boom! Yeah. Shield out. The Ice Age. And maybe it was because those two came Can after, cool? like Batman and Batman Returns, mm-hmm. which were which were good, like like shit, you know, like, I mean, you know, I mean, you could go back now and I could probably watch things about it and say it's dated and this, this and that penguins. in certain ways, but Rocket but like penguins <laughs> is all I have to say to you. <laughs> but no, it's fine. I don't disagree. I think they're both really good too. That was a good Catwoman portrayal overall. Catwoman. Yeah, yeah. Returns. Not just the actress. I just mean the writing for that character. No, right. yeah, for sure. Speaking of which, that no, I'm not gonna pick apart those no, two. I that like yeah, but that... I, because of blockbuster mm-hmm. and because of their largely arbitrary movie sorting, <laughs> I go back in one month. It's all like by, by alphabetical by title, but then by first word, second word. So all the Bond movies are not in order because they're alphabetical by Bond gotcha, subtitle. Right, right. And then I go back next month and all the Bond movies are in order chronologically. But then I go back to the next section and the action section is now completely chronological. So the Bond movies are scattered through the whole section. I mean, I don't, I don't know if the other oh, blockbusters right, right. were like that, but mm-hmm. mine was like that. Every time I went back, things were not the same way as they were. I'd go back mm-hmm. to the shelf where the, the thing I wanted to rent next was and it was not there. Right. Because <laughs> of this, and little and, you know, I thought the four Batman movies, I thought Returns was fourth. Oh, okay. I did the first one, mm-hmm. and then the the two, Forever and Batman and Robin, and then Returns. Oh, okay. Which actually worked out well, because I got the payoff of Returns for right. getting through the other two, which yeah, I, yeah. Which admittedly were just dumb fun, and uh-huh. I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I got back to Returns and went, ooh, that was cool, you know, oh, what an improvement. Mm-hmm. See, I think I watched Returns last... Yeah, so that's, yeah that's what I mean. I was never confused about the continuity of it. Yeah. See, I was. And I remember thinking at the time, too, especially. It's like, where's Robin? Well, I don't know if I was thinking that. Because just, I, much like comics or the, even just the episodes of the TV show, you can just jump around. And it was like, oh, we're back to pre-Robin. Sure, why not? Do they have right. a good story to gotcha. tell? Good. Right. But that's I how specifically, Bond was with me, skipping around. Right. That's, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't I remember question. specifically <coughs> thinking... This was really similar to the original, thematically. <laughs> mm-hmm. They went right back, you know? Yeah. And it's, oh. Yeah. You know, when I went, read through the creators of the year, I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Duh. Did Schumacher do both? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And um, also they had different composers. Uh, Danny Elfman did the first two, and then Elliot Goldenthal did the others. Which I, I like a lot of the score. But I mean, it, it just it, it, like we it just had, added to this such like a split, you know. Wait, didn't we? Because we had three main actors as Batman throughout those four films, right. didn't yeah. we? Yeah. We had Kilmer and Clooney and Keaton. Keaton. Keaton was the one for the first two. Thank you. And then yeah, and then you had Chris O'Donnell in the other two. So yeah. that was sort of a thing that bound the other two together, yeah. even though we had two different um, Bruce Waynes. Mm-hmm. I just I'm in my because I I haven't had enough tribute and I need to take more brain cells. Bat nipples. Right. That also taught, yeah. I need to say that. God. Okay, that's fine. You're welcome. Yeah. I've just heard that so, like, okay, yes, it's not, it doesn't make any sense. That's my point. If it makes you smile or it makes you groan, I'm happy either way. Okay, that's, yeah. But, but, well, so I guess, I guess, you know, part of my point, too, is like. Here's the argument against Batman Forever. Well, no, no, just, just to show the, the difference. 
<laughs> I just what? I typed in Matt Nipples to my Google search. Oh god. And it auto-completed because <laughs> I've searched this before. Matt <laughs> <laughs> Nipples. Proud of your search history. <laughs> yeah, so there's the there's the trio. Yeah, but the bat nipples didn't come in. No, see, that but, was Batman and Robin, but right? They're on Robin here, yeah, but Robin. not on were, Batman for I some reason. I thought they were on Batman. That's his ice yeah. suit. He has several suits in this one. Like, uh, that's the ice suit lineup for all three Batgirl, Batman, and see. But this one's Robin. definitely this is the one. Is there a Val Kilmer? I don't think Kilmer had nipples. Wait, I think this is Val Kilmer down here. <laughs> yeah, he no, did. Oh, he totally did. No, that's no, Clooney. Clooney. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's... I'm. St- thank you for sticking <laughs> with us. <laughs> SpongeBob is okay. Uh, they actually found cartoon breasts. It's just like a pen on a napkin sketch of some boobs and instead of nipples, there are yeah, Batman symbol. Which I guess I should have expected when I googled this. I don't know. Yeah, safe search on. Uh, It see, look up. Just look up Batman Val Kilmer. To see his, see if he oh, has that's that. him right there. Yeah, but does he have the nipples? I, think so. I don't think he does. Yeah, okay, he does. he does. Yeah. Okay, like okay. Um, <laughs> all right, we got derailed. There, I'm sorry, Tim. Please, you were talking. Well, no, about just Batman movies. the and, and you know and and, and again, sorry. this Who is this kidding? is all part of you know the the the, the scope of, of opinion, I guess. But how I was saying before, how people will use that sort of it's fun thing as an excuse. Like I feel like. To me, anyway, like that—that that applies to Batman Forever. Like, oh, it's fun. Like, oh, okay. Like, you're not going into this to watch, you know, this this sort of continuation of the Tim Burton, Michael Keaton, Danny Elfman Batman story. Like, it's it's this sort of throwaway thing. romp thing. Um, See, th- okay. <laughs> I recently rewatched this, and there are structural problems. There is a huge swath I feel that was taken out of that movie. To make it more about Bruce's, like, repressed memories. Mm-hmm. And they really never explore that. I'm under the impression that the repressed memory he has is that he caused his parents' death. Like, it's his fault oh, okay. that he repressed that. But they talk about repressed memories as, like, he's Batman. He remembers his parents being killed. Right. Otherwise, he wouldn't be Batman. So mm-hmm. there's that issue. And then it also tries to do the Robin story, which doesn't really jive with the other one. And then, like, the Nigma arc is interesting, too. Like, it's trying to do a lot mm-hmm. and does none of it really effectively. Mm-hmm. That is a fair argument. Like, and it, yeah. it, it does not, it doesn't feel like it's in the same universe as the Burton ones. Mm-hmm. Like, separate from, like, the, the architecture, right? And, like, the, the uh, what is it? Neon Gothic techno, like, that. Yeah era that architectural feel is very similar through all four of those films neon gothic what a delicious phrase yeah. <laughs> I, I thought you'd I like that, that one <laughs> I, and, oh, it and hit, oh, it, it's fu- yeah. it's Jim Carrey okay yeah. it's Batman and Jim Carrey it's it's me he, he, Jim Carrey was the best was thing about phenomenal. that film yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. outstanding yeah. and I didn't realize how inspired that performance was by the original Riddler in the TV show he mm-hmm. is very close, like the way that manic way he mm-hmm. does things. Is yeah, very close to that That's original. The, thing about, the Riddler has a great number of ways in which he can be portrayed, right. all of which are valid, and some of the worst ones come way too close to the Joker. There was even that short that short TV series called Love Batman, the cartoon series for a while. They actually poke fun at that. 
There's an episode where three villains, the Joker and the Riddler and someone else, I don't remember. The Trickster? No. <laughs> no, not related. Just some three villains from the show mm-hmm. end up sort of fighting over control of Gotham. That's the first time the Riddler and the Joker meet. And the Riddler shows up and says his riddle. And it's a sort of funny one. Mm-hmm. And the Joker says to him, hey man, Leave the you biting me. my style here? You taking my shtick? <laughs> yeah. I'm the funny guy in this town. Right. But, like, it's just their little nod to, like, some of the poorer Riddlers are sort of knockoff jokers. But Riddler yeah. can still be funny mm-hmm. and be distinct. Right. And that Jimmy Carrey Riddler, writing-wise, that was, that was it, spot yeah. on. He doesn't have to be the... I mean, he can also still be, and it'll still be great, the sort of intellectual, right. complicated, you know, death traps Riddler of sorts. Right. Both valid. But just, you know, people. a lot of people like to poke fun at the idea of a funny Riddler because he's just discount joker. That film's a great example of how that can be done well. Right. I love the story of behind the scenes as they were filming that Jim Carrey walked into a restaurant where Tommy Lee Jones was having dinner and he went up to hug him and Tommy did not like Jim Carrey. And as he went to hug him, Tommy Lee Jones goes, I don't like you and I will not tolerate your buffoonery. <laughs> <laughs> and they still had to finish the movie. Is that a line from the movie? Because it seems like it. No, I, he said, I cannot abide your buffoonery. <laughs> oh, so great. I, I'm just a staunch defender of that film. It's, it's all, it's, it's nostalgia. Like that, that, I totally own that that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It, it hit me at the right time with the right actors. I, it, it, and it, it's less dark than the previous two so it was yeah. less scary right like that that might yeah. have been part of it too well I had read an article at one point that was saying that like everybody blame blames Joel Schumacher but he had said that it was like like um, you know I don't know if it was like like the producers or like Warner Brothers or whatever who was like everyone was complaining about how the first two were so dark you need to make them brighter and that was sort of his response yeah, I mean, to that. Like he was kind here. of forced into doing Directors that. Directors have sort a lot of, of power, but there were a lot. lot the money lot has of more power <laughs> involved in any film, and yeah. those, of course, as well, mm. who all let that go, and not just let it go, but in many ways had a hand in making it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, so to blame, to pin anything down on one person is very difficult mm-hmm. in film. The other thing is like this: Forever did reasonably well. Batman and Robin is the one that tanked the franchise. And you get a sense from the interviews that they do in the making of documentary that that thing was falling apart from start to finish. Nobody was enjoying their time there. George Clooney did not understand that role at all. He's like, why is he still mad about his parents being dead? (laughs) Like, okay, you're handsome and charming, but you need to understand this brooding bat type. Like... Mm. I don't know. He's a great Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Because he's basically Bruce Wayne in real life. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Suave, sexy, and successful. Thirsty for that Clooney love. I mean, we all want to be Clooney. (laughs) Either want him or be him or both, you know, in some combination. We spent so much time talking about Batman (laughs) in the podcast about Gods of Egypt. I think the spirit of fun is is more the through line between those two is what I was comparing it to. It's that same kind of like I'm from from second one, there's 
no disbelief. Like, it's been suspended mm-hmm. from the get-go for yeah. me. That's that's why we're here. That's why this is our shameless pleasure. Yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. Seriously, no, yeah, no shame. And that's, there's... I should have brought Batman Forever if I was yeah, going to feel shame would, about right, it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that will be if we actually do a guilty pleasure one. Right. Bring yeah. that one and make you watch it. <laughs> Got my guilty pleasure picked out, too, already. <laughs> Separate from this cycle, so... So... Yeah, is there, is there anything else, you guys, that we haven't touched on? You all were thinking about. No, I think we kind of exhausted because it, it, yeah. we all were like, "This is this is fun romp." It's yeah. not really much to deconstruct because it's I mean, yeah. Yeah, we talked about it, those types of films. We talked about actors. We talked about directors, and we talked about Batman. Mm-hmm. We talked about puns. Oh, plays, I have to say, opera, yeah. the. Uh, the actor who plays Beck, his face is so forgettable to me that I didn't even realize watching the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man to- No Tales first trailer that William Turner's son is him. <laughs> so my friend Alice had to tell me, you know who that is, right? I'm like, no, what? That's Beck. And so I watched that movie based on him wanting him to be the same character that he is in this. He's basically the same character yeah, as he is in nice, this. Nice. Barely present. <laughs> forgettable <laughs> I'm gonna follow that kid's career for the rest of my life <laughs> I'm glad you guys liked it I, yeah, I was... yeah thank you so much for bringing us Gods of Egypt Joel yeah. yeah we had a lot of fun so in the should we be doing situational movie yeah. recommendation do y'all when y'all have one ready or I've, I've got one if you got one oh, yeah find a way to it what's the film that comes to mind when you hear the phrase dinner and a movie Dinner in a movie. Hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. Wow. Dinner in a movie. Or you know, I mean, if dinner in a show is the phrase you prefer, sure. I, I think <laughs> oh I've, well, if it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that narrows it down. I just I don't know. I tend to think of show as live movie. Never no, picture. Movie, so. <laughs> dinner in a picture. <laughs> no, because that's no. Of course not. <laughs> we don't call it that. <laughs> that's D- the dinner in a talkie. <laughs> dinner, yeah. dinner in a mover. Yeah, Speaking of that, like the the film picture movie debate, where does Flick land in there? I like using Flick. I feel like Dinner and a Flick doesn't even need to involve a screen; it just involves a bed. Um. Sometimes I feel like when people say Flick, it's like they're trying to. It's something that someone else has referred to as a film. And they're trying to tear it down, take it down a notch. Oh. You know, well, like if I'm like, Matrix was a brilliant film, and someone's like, Yeah, it was a pretty good flick. Sci-fi. Flick. Like that's <laughs> okay, the context that I usually hear flick. Gotcha. See, I think of it as like I immediately think of popcorn. I think of sitting mm. there with my full bucket and a huge grain. Oh, gotcha. Like, <laughs> See, when I say it, it's like so I would say how many times Egypt, have I said great fantasy say film flick. or movie? Mm. Like I, it, it's like wanting another word to say, but it's also like, mm. oh, I forgot they could call him this. Yeah. I like that. Cinema. Cinema. A work of cinema. <laughs> Whatever you like. So. Masterwork oh, oh. of cinematography. I think we should bring back talkie. Didn't we talk about that yeah. one time before? Like, yes. why is it talkie? Why is it movie not talkie? Movie and not talkie? Like, oh, there was a great talkie. <laughs> Trying to distinguish it from all the silent films I watched. Just, you know, I'm not talking about any of those. Like, The Tribe and The Artist and... And... Everything. Nosferatu. Nosferatu. Right, I can go if y'all are still yeah. thinking yeah, about things. I, yeah. I, I have a, I, I, in, in keeping with my constant I have two I always have two mm. I don't think there's a single one of these I've answered with one I think it's always been two in the Casablanca okay. which I know is you know a pillar of cinema and sort of a cop out but I just that's the era for me 
we get dressed like they dressed at the time and we go to dinner mm-hmm. and it's a nice place and we've got maybe you've got a hat and a coat and I'm wearing something nice you know a suit and then we get up and and then we go to the movie. We walk there arm in arm down the city, the, the lit city streets, and we get there and we enjoy the film. And then we go home together in a taxi. That whole image of just that era, that whole era, is encapsulated in Casablanca for me. Dude, I want to live in your brain. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I, the closest I've come is is you know reservations at a date night and right. in a nice place. But we can, you know, that's when you we say, man, I wish I wish you had a movie. Like, yeah, you can do it. Go live in a movie. Do it. Go. Right now. And mm-hmm. then if you were coming home or if you were going to a classic showing, it's going to be Casablanca for me. That's the one, you know, mm-hmm. the representative film. Well, I know it is for everything, so, yeah, what a great answer, Scott. But, but otherwise, just in terms of a fun night where you go out and you all get some food and then you go watch a film and you just laugh your way through, a film like Sitting in the Rain... I don't say Sitting in the Rain because that <laughs> film annoys me for a couple of personal reasons. I have a grudge against it. Right. So I don't want to choose that one. But something along the White Christmas or in Berlin, mm-hmm. right? I, I actually, so I actually, good. opposite, I have a fondness for that I one. I love that mm-hmm. movie. Um, you know, there's something along those lines. A Fred Astaire film, mm-hmm. right? The, the Music Man? Yeah. Great. Just that, uh, just that type of thing for my other option. My mm-hmm. sort of just. Everyone's all smiles, you know. The young couple goes, or the family with kids goes. Mm-hmm. Everyone goes. They all go to dinner, and then they go see that movie, and they all... That's the the 50s, you know, communist newsreel. Look at all these happy people coming out of their film. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Or, regardless, just a night here at home with people you like, mm-hmm. just watching something that you're going to laugh through and enjoy. That's interesting. So. When, the way I was conceiving, and as I was thinking of it, the one that yeah. comes don't, to mind. Don't change your answers. No, no, no. I, I want this to be your it, interpretation just, of the phrase. Like, because when I think dinner and movie, it's with Tyna. Mm-hmm. And if I'm gonna, if we're gonna watch a movie that, it's Goodwill Hunting. Because mm. it's funny, it's sad, yeah. it's point like it, so it's, that overlaps with your what's your couple movie. Yeah, well, have, well, no, that, that's a, that, this oh. is a, that's a separate movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, you yeah. guys know what that movie is. No, I, I know. <laughs> We're both looking clueless Maybe. here. I mean, you may have. We, we'll, we talk we'll... about a lot of movies. This <laughs> <time>. <laughs> it's we, almost like it's a podcast about movies. <laughs> well, see, we, we can save that one. We'll do. Um, let's do that for another sure. uh, okay. recommendation. But there's some overlap. Yeah, yeah. but okay. like that—that's one. Like, so Goodwill Hunting is your your for dinner your movie. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. You get mm-hmm. so much out of that movie, and it, it's it's very unique in that sense. The way it's written, the move, the emotional moves through it, and kind of. You're, you're laughing, you're crying, you're crying, you're laughing. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. A, a complete package film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, I mean, I'd probably have to say, um, cause my, my wife really doesn't like watching movies very much, mm-hmm. mostly because of the length, or also she doesn't like going to two movie theaters. So probably, the way, and if we ever do sort of a significant other series of, of movie mumble where we have our significant others and they pick um she would krista would definitely pick napoleon dynamite yes because that's sort of like one of the and and i think it was one of the first movies we watched together for this reason you know because i think yeah i think she owned it and it was like you know like yeah let's watch a movie oh would you like napoleon dynamite you know and and you know it, it was one of those sort of uh i think i talked about a, a similar moment when she introduced me to the walk-in-throughs. 
And, <laughs> and she's like, oh, this is really funny. You've got to see this. And it was just like, oh, okay, I'm going to have to pretend this is funny. And it was actually funny. And I've like since told a bunch of people about it. But so Napoleon Dynamite, I mean, I had already seen Napoleon Dynamite. But it was like, oh, okay, yeah, she likes Napoleon Dynamite. Like, cool. It's not like... Because um, I've been in situations like that before where here's this thing. It's really funny. And I'm just like, oh, my God. How 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 long can I put up with this for? <laughs> um, so that would be sort of our, yeah, like kind of come home and, you know, after dinner, you know, like we can kind of unwind and, and laugh and kind of go through this and, you know, and then have all these one-liners to kind of like throw, throw out at each other, like for the next few days, um, you know, just sort of a, uh, yeah, a nice sort of like fun, lighthearted, those are the more of the type of things she likes, you know, like lighthearted, funny kind of, um, yeah. And the and and the the world in that is just so so unique and so um, so real yet so bizarre. Biz- yeah, bizarre is a perfect word for it, you know. Um, but yeah, because it's got like a symmetry to it, but it's dirty, like kind of, like it's. I mean, everything, all the sets, all of the costumes, all the props and stuff was all from Goodwill. Well, like, yeah, it, it's got that kind of like. Second hand, I guess, would be the the. Yeah. Well, I mean, the aesthetic. thing was when I first saw it was like, what fucking year is this? Right. You know, and then like someone told me like like whatever. It's like no, it's it's current time. It's just in whatever state it is. Like that's what things are like. Like uh-huh. you know, it's like the '90s there. You know, or whatever. <laughs> so like yeah, you weren't sure if you were watching like you know, oh is this like Stranger Things where you know it's a retro thing about the '80s? It's like no, this is today. Like, this <laughs> Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Well, is there anything else we've missed that you all wanted to bring up before mm-hmm. we close this off? There needs to be seven more of these films. <laughs> That's how I feel. Okay. I no, honestly, what I want to do is I want to turn this into a, an opera. Yeah. Like that was that was mm. you know like I said like in the beginning it very very quickly in my mind is like oh this is like a play like boom and and the rest of the time my disbelief was suspended because that's the world I was in you know like it didn't take a while for me to get used to it it was like oh okay like as soon as they were delivering the speech and then when the the when uh Horace woke up and the the girl started singing like I was like oh yeah like that's kind of like the Greek choir almost or like the 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 you know and it was just like oh okay boom boom like it all kind of fell into place mm-hmm. um and kind of like in a very different way but uh, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross is like that. Like, yeah. when you watch it, you're like, something is off about right. this yeah. movie. But then when I found it, out it was a play, I was yeah. like, oh, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. This is scene one. We're taking place in this one room for a really long time. Okay, end of scene. Everything moves around. Oh, now we're in the office, you know. And it was just very, like, sectioned like that. And this had a similar feel like this, but more in an epic sense. And just the way the dialogue was delivered and everything. Um but yeah, like I think yeah, and I, I know I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, like you know, seeing this as the 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 this elaborate play, like I don't know, like that if if you know, I, I'm almost thinking like maybe this maybe this is my life journey, maybe you know, maybe I'm not the god of delivering mail at all, maybe I'm the the god of turning this movie into an opera, you know, like that <laughs> that would be such a fun project, so fantastic, so like you know, a way of making these CGI things kind of come to life. In an on the stage kind of thing, which you know, I feel like sometimes it's easier to accept that. Cause it's like, yeah, well, this is this is a stage. I have kind of lower expectations. I don't expect there to, this to actually look like it physically takes place in space. Like, no, I know it's on a stage, but if you give me some some stars and stuff like that, I'll buy right. it. You know. But yeah, that was 
It's my last little blurb. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very nice. Uh, next month, I'll be picking. And since this is our shameless joy uh, <laughs> cycle, I am picking Need for Speed. Yeah! I love saying that title. Um, <laughs> yes, it's the film based on the video game series. Based um, on the quote from Tomka. <laughs> which is... <laughs> Speaking of shameless joys, <laughs> uh, the, the movie with the soundtrack is so good they played Danger Zone five times. <laughs> it just it, the thing about Need for Speed is, for a while, Need for Speed was a video game series. And let me let me do a quick googling here, which you can cut out my keyboard clacking if you want. No, we're leaving it in. It's live. This shit is real. First release was 1994 for the. For Need for Speed. And what was the plot to that one? Uh, <laughs> yes, you see, that was was literally what I was about to say. It was called La Need for Speed. Whereas, I just want to double check here. The Fast and the Furious initial release was... It's like 91, wasn't it? 2001. Oh, Jesus. No, no I see. I knew it was after. So really? the, the sort of general, I don't want to say consensus, but just the sort of half joke, the oh ha ha, but also you're serious, was that the Fast and the Furious was our Need for Speed film series gotcha. for the longest time. <clears throat> and that, especially with Tokyo Drift, that felt, felt very vividly. But that the franchise has since transformed, <laughs> and it transformed enough, apparently, that they felt like they could take a crack at a Need for Speed film. And they actually, I, they did it great. That's another great example of a film that I, I, I knew what I was paying for hoping for when I paid for my ticket and then I got that and just a little more and I went okay. great and then I went and bought it mm -hmm. awesome. so uh, that'll be next month Aaron Paul Aaron Paul yeah, yeah. he's oh, yeah. great actually uh, I keep waiting yeah. for him to come up in another film he's in great that, I like him he's been lot. acting in, a, just, in um, the in TV. series yeah I, just, I keep I keep waiting oh, for him right. to go more films he's really I want to see with Hugh Dancy right he's curly haired goatee TV talk, comic con, movie mumble. These are our podcasts. <laughs> um, but uh, I think we should do a, a, a parody film. Call it the Drive to Drive. <laughs> I just got it. You son of a bitch! <laughs> it took me so long. It's like, you know, the other, the, the first one rhymes, the second one has alliteration. Let's just make it the same word. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that was from like a deep, deep part of my soul. <laughs> and then we can, we can just do like gone in 60 minutes or something <laughs> just stop trying even more stop trying <laughs> going going gone in 60 seconds <laughs> uh, but anyway so next month we'll be watching Need for Speed very cool I do encourage you to watch that that is another great example of just just plain fun you know I, I will say this again during the episode but I wanted you know a film length amount of time of cool cars driving fast reason I couldn't care less plot I couldn't care less characters with motivations and feelings don't care <laughs> I just want to watch these cars go fast I don't care if you just got a bunch of professionals took them to that one that one of those test tracks out where cars can hit their you know a bajillion miles an hour mm -hmm. set a camera up got all the major companies to show up put people in the cars and had them drive and just showed me that footage for two hours great don't <laughs> care and instead I got that plus a plot that 
really did make sense. Mm-hmm. Didn't it wasn't nearly as stupid as you know you would have expected. Right. And characters that I cared about. So yeah, great, yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Here's the film. So yeah, A plus plus. Would watch again, <laughs> and did. <laughs> Maybe we should start doing that. We should we should have a rating system of like garbage. <laughs> they can't. We can't be consistent at all between them. No, not month at all. It'll no, be no, A plus no. plus. Next right. month it'll be twenty twenty. The Look month after that will be five out of four. See if they have a conversion chart. And I hope. Please help me remember to bring this up during the actual episode. Mm-hmm. But the reason this film gave me hope was I saw a little making of and. At the end of the film, in the big, the big race with all the cool cars, they've got Koenigseggs and Bugattis. And what they did was they just got a chassis with an engine in it, and then had their department just build accurate bodies to lay over them, which meant the cars all drove the same speed. They could wreck as many as they wanted because they were cheap. They could, you know, it could all be real, mm-hmm. and they could have sixteen copies. Of, and honestly, it really shows. Because it looked like these were these real cars in this mm-hmm. real race. Right. They didn't have to worry about, you know, breathing incorrectly on the sixty bajillion dollar car. Right, just, right. Let's just go get the auto department to just make fake bodies that fit to these these cheap movie car chassis with cameras built in, you know? Done. Mm-hmm. And I I'm sure people have thought of that sort of thing before for stuff. And they've been doing it, of course, for stuff like Batmobiles, but just mm-hmm. I don't know why. No one ever did it on that scale before, all at yeah. once. Cars of that glorious expensiveness I don't know but I want to talk about that more okay. and okay. I keep forgetting about that and then remembering so help me yeah, for sure. <laughs> so alright I've awesome. talked enough about our next episode <laughs> uh, thank you all so very much for joining us for Gods of Egypt I hope you smiled a lot this episode we sure did mm-hmm. yeah. we sure did uh, we hope you'll join us next time uh, have a good night bye bye Hey listeners, we appreciate you tuning in for our podcast. We're now available on iTunes if you'd like to check us out there. We'd be glad to have you subscribe. We'd also love to hear your feedback, whether it's a comment, review, or anything else. You can reach us all through our official Nerds That Geek emails, which you can find on the bio page at nerdsthatgeek.com. Or, if you can find us on social media, I'm on Instagram at scott underscore w underscore murray. And then on Instagram and Twitter, I'm at joelt18. And on Instagram, I'm the Tim Gerard, and on Twitter, I'm at Tim Gerard. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you'll come back for more. Mm-hmm.